Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. This is Nisi, your host, and we have an exciting show today. On today's show, we have Daryl K. K. Horton. He's an entrepreneur of Whole Food Nutrition. He's also the contributing author of Letters to Me, Life Lessons I Wish I Knew, contributing writer, Life by Design Magazine, and the National Veterans Magazine. He spent 30-plus years in the hospitality industry, food service industry master trainer, food service industry diversity facilitator. So today's show, I've been really looking forward to it because Daryl is a good friend of mine, and we're going to be talking about the fears and strengths it takes to endure a medical crisis. Welcome, Daryl. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. I'm so glad, my friend, that you're on the air with me today. I'm more than happy to be here with you. Thank you. So our topic today is fears and strengths it takes to endure a medical crisis. Uh, Daryl, I've known you for uh, a few years now, and uh, I want to share that with my audience that Daryl and I known each other a little bit for a while. Uh, he's a whole f- he's into whole food nutrition. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, and Daryl and I connected, as I mentioned, a number of years ago uh, because I, at the time, was interested in learning more about and using a product called Juice Plus. And Daryl is just one of those individuals that he's the go-to resource. So if you have a question about whole food nutrition and you have a chronic illness and you're just wondering, hey, what can I do to, you know, to make me feel better? from the inside out because wellness starts from the inside out and he and I connected and we've been best buds uh, ever since then and I had been looking forward to having him on the pain-free zone and this was the right time so we're making it happen so again welcome my friend thank you that that that's a quite an intro (laughs) well that's because you're special (laughs) Daryl Well, I appreciate that, and I, I I hope I can live up to that mantra. Uh, you do every day, and um, Daryl, I remember a number of years ago when uh, I became also a rep for the product, and I had some questions, and, you know, I needed direction, and I didn't have much of a support system, you know, because I was new to Juice Plus that you were one of the first people, individuals that reached out to me. And I'm going to tell you what really impressed me is something simple, but it means a lot because it's all about relationship marketing. You reached out to me and you said, hey, you know what? I have these sample individual size bags of the shakes. I know you like the nutritional shakes that you're welcome to try. You sent them to me free of charge. Um, I'm a type 2 diabetic. And I, at that time, was having a shake probably once or twice a day. And I thought, wow, someone who does not even know me at this point, who's never met me, we connected through our interest in this product and different groups that we were in for networking. And he's willing to invest in me and to reach out to me and help me. That was impressive. 
because most people don't do that. And when someone always is kind to me like that, I always want to return the favor. And that's someone that I really want to get to know because everyone does not have your best interest at heart. But you did, and I appreciate that. Well, to me, that is that is one of the biggest parts of the business that uh, unfortunately is not is not emphasized enough. I mean, it's a people business, so if it's if you're in a people business and you're not relating to people, you don't have a business. <clears throat> That's true, but some people haven't learned that. But our topic today, I'm very interested in fears and strength and what it takes to endure a medical crisis. Because you know what? Fears and strengths, that says a lot. I mean, for someone who does not have or have experienced a medical crisis, they don't get it. They may have, let's say, a, a stomach ache or a little minor headache. I'm not talking about a migraine, just, you know, a headache that would just come and go and it goes away. They're done. Boom. But when you have a chronic illness that's been with you for years or something that develops, you know, it's fearful. I remember when I was first diagnosed with, as I shared with you, fibromyalgia, I was fearful because I didn't know a lot about the disease. I had to invest a lot of time and research into learning everything I could because it's my health, it's my body. What does this mean for me? And then being diagnosed, of course, you know, as I shared with you, type 2 diabetes and now ankylosing spondylitis. There's a lot of fears with that, you know, fears such as, you know, your mindset. What was it like for you? Well, I was, uh, to say the least, I was scared to death. Okay. Uh, about two and a half years ago, I just to reiterate, I've been dealing with back pain probably my entire life, 25, 30 years. Uh, two and a half years ago, I woke up and literally could not get out of bed. It, it took me literally a half an hour to get out of bed. So I right away knew, okay, I, I need to go to the hospital. Um, so I, since there was nobody home, I made my way out to my car and drove myself to the emergency room. Um, needless to say, they met me at the door with a wheelchair. <laughs> I walked in there about 11.30 a.m., on May 11, 2015, and never left. Wow. That, that's what I said. <laughs> it wasn't until 8.30 or 9.30 that night that the on-call neurologist came, in, came into the room that I had been laying in since 11.30. And... Uh, he looks at me and he says, I can't let you go home. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a little different than I can't go home. <laughs> so yes. He says, uh, you need emergency surgery right now. So immediately in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what 
is wrong because nobody's told me anything since I've been laying there. And that's very upsetting, you know, because everything is running through your mind as to what it could be and you don't know. Exactly. So he's the he was the first one to show me x-rays. And come to find out, I had no disc between my fifth and sixth vertebrae. Mm. And my spine was compressing. And I have no idea how long this had been happening because my pain threshold is so high, I was just like, okay, let me pop a couple of ibuprofen and go to work. And thinking that that's going to do it, you know, or get some temporary relief, hopefully. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I would... You know, and I'd pop probably six ibuprofen throughout the day to get through the day, which which became my normal. So <laughs> he cleared his schedule and did uh, emergency surgery, ten and a half hours worth of emergency surgery mm. the next morning. <laughs> and... Uh, when I woke up three days later, I'm thinking, oh, it's the next day. My mom says, oh, no, it's it's Thursday. You came in here on Monday. <clears throat> wow. And I'm like, okay. So when I woke up, my neurologist was in the room along with an infectious disease specialist. And I'm thinking, okay, I know who you are, but why do I have an infectious disease specialist? Right. Why are you here? Exactly. Well, come to find out, on top of having no disc between my fifth and sixth vertebrae, I had gone to a a business convention in Arizona about a month earlier, and come to find out I had contracted coxillomyosis, which is more commonly known as valley fever. And what are the uh, symptoms of that? There are really no symptoms. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's an airborne fungus that my that they said normally starts in your lungs and spreads from there. Well mine completely skipped my lungs and went straight to my bones. Specifically my spine. <laughs> So is this something, for example, when you went to this conference, is something airborne, something in the environment, or? Yeah, it was something in the environment, and it just, I, I drove I drove to Arizona because it's only like a five-hour, six-hour drive from, from where I'm at. So I drove it, and and I'm thinking because I drove it and I was out in the, in the, in the air, it just maybe came through the, the air vents or whatever. But it had started attacking my my spine. So my neurologist said that while he was while he was in there repairing my spine, he noticed that I had coxillomyosis and took and took that out too. So I now have Metal bars and screws from T2 to T10. Mm. So my life as I knew it completely changed. 
literally overnight from, you know, the time you when you woke up. Uh, I think it was May 11th. You mentioned 2015 from the time right. you woke up. I mean, before you didn't know what it was. You were taking all the ibuprofen. But from that, it, it's like that moment in time from May 2015, you know, everything shifted. You're talking about a shift in the atmosphere. Everything shifted. Oh, my, my entire my entire life as I knew it was gone. Yes. It's gone. And, and so I talk about fear because I was in a situation where I'm like, okay, now what do I do? Because what I've done for 35 years, I can no longer do. I, I can't. I can't work in a restaurant. I I can't. I can't even. I, my doctors didn't even want, don't even want me to lift more than seven pounds. And I'm not a person who asks asks for help. I, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And, and if I can't do it, I'm going to figure out a way to get it done. Well, that option was taken away from me, literally, because it took me three months to learn how to walk again. And I'm sure that was very grueling because that, I would imagine, involved also a lot of physical therapy. (laughs) I'm still in physical therapy. Yes, that was an understatement. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I I live with, with pain that, I can describe it sometimes. And my neurologist has literally told me I'm a miracle because I literally should not be here. So what and is your number one, would you say, issue? Is it more the the valley fever? I know that the the doctor says he he got it all, or is it? the the back pain and sometimes it's kind of hard to qualify it you know because you can have comorbidities different conditions all interacting at the same time and and that's what's going on i mean they're they're all interacting even though the um the back pain overshadows the the coxillomyosis uh i will be on medication for the rest of my life so that the coxillomyosis does not spread. So, Daryl, with the valley fever disease, they still have no idea how you contracted it, right? They have no idea. I All I know is if it, if it starts to spread, it can be deadly. Could it have been, okay, so you go to a conference, you know, you got all these people at a conference. Uh, could it have been someone there perhaps at the conference who had it? And you caught it? It it could be because it's so prevalent in in Arizona that I've talked to people and they're like, yeah, I've had that before. And, I, you know, so it's so prevalent over there, they don't even think about it. And it's just for you, it's settled in your spine. It's settled in my spine. And my neurologist and my infectious disease doctor pretty much told me that if it wasn't for the nutrients and every and all the antibodies that Juice Plus provided, because I've been taking Juice Plus for two years at that point, 
I, I would either be paralyzed or dead. Now, you and I have discussed this time and time again that for nutrition, it starts from the inside out. Oh, yeah. And I, I say that because a lot of people, you know, will they'll try a product and they're expecting, hey, you know, like a, a magic pill so that when they wake up in the morning, instantly, boom, bada bing, you know, that they're going to experience right. the result. And sometimes I have found from my own personal experience, when you're using something regularly like this, what we're discussing, changes is being made, may not be overnight. You've been on the product consistently and the process, you know, it has been doing what it's supposed to do from the inside out. And you've seen the benefit that benefits of that. I can only imagine what it would have been like for you had you not been utilizing whole food nutrition. I think about that every day. Uh, and I can say that this experience has not only changed me, it's changed the way I value life. Daryl, if you wouldn't mind, for whole food nutrition, for people who are not familiar with it, can you uh, speak on that for a little bit, please? Uh, well, whole food nutrition, it, it works from the inside out. Uh, uh, fruits and vegetables have been around since forever. And uh, even when there wasn't medicine, because medicine technically is, is fairly, fairly new in the big, in the big picture. Uh, but whole food nutrition is what has been used throughout history to benefit battle uh, diseases and and any debilitating disease you might have because that's what gives your body the the strength and the the ability to heal itself. So would I be correct, my friend, if I said whole food nutrition is real food? Whole food nutrition is real food. Yes. For yeah. people who are still wondering, what is that? You know, it's, uh, is, is, is real food. And a lot of people get confused because, let's face it, we live in a, a drive-through, drive-by society that if you want something to eat, what do a lot of people do? You know, they drive, they go to all these different places, burger joints, not just burger joints, chicken joints, you name it, you know, to get food. But it's not real food because of all the pesticides, all the synthetics, all the, the not to mention the genetically modified organisms. So it's not real food. It is chemically processed food. Exactly. And not only that. Uh, the majority of the time, if you go to your your local grocery store, uh, that produce that's it, that's in their produce department has already been is already five six years six days old because they have to transport it from wherever it was to to its destination, and then they put it up 
then they put it out for you to buy. So by the time you actually buy it, it's more than a week old. If not older. And you're right, because what you're also speaking to is the carbon footprint. You know, how far they had to go to get it. And that's why there's always, you know, a push. Well, you know, we're in the Midwest. I'm in Illinois. So where you are in California, you're going to have more access to stuff that is more fresh because of the climate. Whereas here, you know, a colder climate. So a lot of these fruits and vegetables that we get, sure, they're the carbon footprint. They're coming from great distances away, which is why. When, you know, the weather warms up with the farmer's markets and whatnot, there's more of a push to buy local, you know, to get it from your farmers where it is grown. And when you were speaking about those fruits and vegetables, I know you're right about that because I remember a number of years ago we were having uh, a church-related event. And we had to, you know, order certain foods. And one of them was, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. And some of the things we wanted were not in season. So they had to specially order them. But the one thing that I had also noticed, Daryl, in the grocery stores is when they go in the back sometimes and, you know, the doors are swinging open, sometimes you can see different things inside. They have boxes and boxes piled up of, I've seen, bananas and other things that are sitting there hoping that they can ripen it up before they put it out. And you will know a lot of times by the taste. I've noticed sometimes you get some stuff, you buy it, you bring it home. It's tasteless. You know, so a couple of things come to mind. It's been sitting there for a long, long, long time. It's come so far away. It wasn't ripe to begin with a whole, you know, a variety of different reasons. Exactly. And, and to that point, uh, one of my first jobs I ever had was in a grocery store. So I, and I used to go in the back and, and there's just stacks and stacks and stacks of food. Yes. And it's like, okay, <laughs> how long has this food been sitting, sitting here? You know, you don't say anything, but you're thinking that. You're oh, wondering. Yes. Sitting here and, and we're going to put it out like it's fresh. When it's not. When it's not. So, you know, that was my first, that was my first experience with, with grocery stores and how they actually handle food. And I was, you know, I I was turned off by that, but, you know, I was 16 years old. What what am I going to (laughs) do? True. So today, Share with us what, when it comes down to whole food nutrition, what is your diet like? Uh, I I have a diet that pretty much uh, revolves around. I I I don't normally sit down and eat a large meal. Uh, I I eat probably. Four or five times a day. Uh, smaller meals. Smaller meals. Uh, I, I'm of the of the belief that it's not what you eat; it's how much of it you eat. True. And uh, Juice Plus to me, it, it it has literally not only saved my life; it's part of my life. 
So which products have, do you use that's your go-to? Uh, I, I use the Juice Plus uh, Trio, which is fruits, vegetables, and berries. I, uh, I, I also take the Juice Plus Omegas and the Andy Shakes. And it's, our product is completely vegan, so it, it, you know, uh, there's no way I could, I could get the amount of uh, fruits, vegetables, and grains in my body every day unless I, unless I was taking Juice Plus. And, uh, I always, it's always in the back of my mind that if I hadn't got the amount that I, that I was getting, I, I wouldn't be here. Okay. So, you know, the, the pain that I, the, the pain and discomfort that I deal with every day is a blessing because it reminds me of the fact that I'm here for a bigger reason than me. True. I agree. And that's how I live my life. And I'm certain that with the whole food nutrition, it also helps, you know, with inflammation in the body. Uh, is good for, you know, recovery. I mean, a whole multitude of reasons. So if you wouldn't mind, can you share with us more about um, your recovery? I know you shared with us uh, about learning how to walk all, all over again. Share with us also, in addition to the recovery, about some of your fears, you know, and the strengths that you had to call upon to get you to that next level. Well, just a little bit of history. When I was four or five years old, I, I had an, I had my, my first scare with health. Uh, Cause I was walking on my toes and I had to uh, have surgery on, on my left, left Achilles heel uh, and I still have the scars so you know that's a daily reminder of that and uh, I, I can't remember the doctor telling me I would never walk right and that just didn't sit with me at five years old and, you know, I spent, I think it was two years in, in leg braces to, to, to be able to support myself. Well, I got through that, and I, I literally had to pull on that strength from a five-year-old to deal with the, my current condition. And... uh uh, I can't tell you where that strength came from. I just know it came. Uh, and that that is something that uh, I was talking to a cousin of mine uh, a couple of days ago, and she brought that up. She brought up that situation when I was five years old, and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" You. You're telling me that I showed that kind of strength at that age. 
So it's always been there. I just didn't know it. Sure. And it's there now, and it's it's what drives me every day. Absolutely, because, you know, when you think about fears and strengths, you have to be strong. Because uh, if you're not strong, there a lot of people, for example, may have a chronic illness. But fear can be very debilitating. It will keep you from moving, you know, because it keeps you right where you are. You know, they're, they're afraid to move. They're afraid to do anything because they have whatever they have that they've been diagnosed with. And what I always tell people is no matter what you've been diagnosed with, good, bad, or indifferent, we don't want to be sick. We now have the diagnosis. So what are you going to do with it? You still have to live your life to the fullest, the best way you possibly can. Right. And and I tell people that every day. I mean, I have the choice. I could I can lay there and and just live with what happened to me. Or yes. I can get up and do something with it. Yes, cuz we have to make a choice every day, don't we? Exactly. I mean, yeah, I you know, I I wake up every morning and yeah, I'm in pain every morning. But that doesn't stop me. I mean, it, that's that strength is is a strength to make a difference to to go out and inspire somebody to take that next step because if you don't take it, who's going to take it? That's true because nobody can take it for you. That's right. You you got. I mean, I'll be there to support you, but you got to take the step. You know, I, I I can help you as much as I can help you. I can I can talk to you as much as I can talk to you. But uh, like I tried to tell a friend of mine, you can you can be there, but you're not doing the work. No. You know, I I I've been through the therapy. <laughs> Sometimes to the point where. I literally had to come home and just lay down because I couldn't do anything else. No, you're just you're just exhausted. Yeah, and, and then they said, "Okay, well, well, we'll have you take aqua therapy." Well, okay, that's wonderful. It doesn't hurt till it gets out till I get out of the pool. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, we can do that. Uh. And I I think I'm fortunate because my pain threshold is so high that uh, I can tolerate most anything. And, and that, to many people, is like, well, how do you do that? I don't know. I just do it. You just do it and you don't dwell on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the whole point. You, you can't, you can't dwell. I mean, you can think about it because it's always there, but you can't sit in it. Absolutely. And see, that's a misconception that a lot of people have and don't understand about people with chronic illness. Definitely, when it comes to chronic pain, because I've had people who say to me, 
oh, you must never be in pain anymore. And I'll say, well, why do you say that? Well, you know, you're able to do such and such and such and such. And I'll say, I'm in pain every single day. I've been in pain since I remember when I was diagnosed June of 2014 with fibromyalgia. But I was in pain about three years prior to that. Didn't know what it was. And, you know, I, I shared with them, Daryl, you know, I, I don't dwell on it. I, I do what I have to do in spite of pain when it gets to the point where, you know, my body is saying, hey, you just got to just sit down. You've got to pace yourself. You just got to sit still, breathe, meditate. I do what I have to do, but I have to keep moving because like you said, nobody can do the work for me. You know, I, I still have to live. Exactly. I mean, I left the hospital with a with a a brace which they call a cage. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess this thing is gonna be part of my life. So I didn't get apprehensive about it. I just put it on and, and got used to wearing it and even though there's days that I don't have to wear it there's days that I do have to wear it, but I wear it, and and I proudly say, yeah, it's a cage. It's protecting my back. And that leads to a whole other conversation about what's wrong with your back. And, and for about a year, I, I couldn't even talk about it. And now I'm to the point where, you know, I, I've, I not only talk about it, it's it's in it's in the book that I that I'm a contributing author in. Life so, uh, letters to me, life lessons. I wish I knew. Right, and uh, to me that was a breakthrough. Uh, so many people think I'm so strong. And it's not that I'm strong. It's it's just me. Doing what you have to do for you. I, I understand that. I can relate. And I just I just take that and and live my daily life. And if that encourages or inspires somebody to do what they have to do, then it then then I've already won. I've already won. Yes. Yes. I, I, I feel that and I receive that. You know, for me, sometimes, you know, when you feel like, okay, it seems like there is so much that's piling on me. And I know you know what that's like, one thing after another. I have a special place that I go to. Uh, it's at one of the local forest preserves. For me, I'm out there in nature. I can cry. I can, you know, whatever, because it's just me. I can be still. And sometimes I found for me how cleansing tears can be. And sometimes, you know, when people say, wow, you seem to be coping really, really easily. You know, I, I look at them and I say to myself, Daryl, they have no idea. They don't get it until they got it. Exactly. 
phrase, you don't know what I'm going through until you walk in my shoes. Yes. Is, is blaring. They have no idea. I've had people who say, um, oh, well, you know, is your pain kind of like, um, they'll say, oh, I can relate to your pain. I had, um, a headache the other day or an upset stomach and I took something forward and it was gone, you know, and I, I look at them and I'll say to them, you don't understand what the definition chronic means is with me always. It's with me all the time. It's not a magical pill that I can take where it's going to go away. And like I shared with you with the AS, I take monthly injections, you know, that help with the, inflammation, the aches, the pains, and different things like that because it's an arthritic condition where people, they're really, they're, they're clueless because, okay, you have what you refer to as your brace, your cage. But like you just said, there are sometimes you don't have it, right? So right. people will look at you and just assume, oh, all is well, not understanding that there is such a thing called invisible diseases, invisible disorders. Just because you see me and you don't see me with um, a brace, a cast, a cane or whatever, people think, oh, that person, there's nothing wrong with them. They're clueless. They have no idea. Just just like your valley fever disease. They have no idea. They, they have no idea that I have to get blood tests every other month to be sure that the valley fever is not spreading. And every time I go, I have to wonder, is the medication working? Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I understand, is it working? And then if it's not, what's next? You know, what else are right. you going to be able to do for me? Yes. Right, and uh, even though I don't show it, because you know what good is that going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's always there. Yes. So I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you, but um, I I think I share with you. I'm not certain that I was diagnosed with. Uveitis, and the uveitis started back in, I believe, 1999. So that's how far back it goes. Where I woke up and my eyes were bloodshot red. They were hurting. Didn't know what it was. Long story short, I was diagnosed with uveitis, inflammation behind the, the retina, and I've been on steroids since... 1999, ocular steroids. Um, I've had seven surgical procedures done to my eyes. So when you mention about is it still working, the medicine, that really hit, hit, I felt it in my heart because I had been on steroids for so long and they wasn't working. And the being having uveitis, that inflammation, the inflammation was just rampant. And being on the steroids, the steroids 
caused me to develop um, cataracts, okay? And in addition to the cataracts, uh, I developed glaucoma because I found out later that I was a steroid responder. So the medication is supposed to do one thing right, but it was raising my ocular pressure and creating scar tissue in my eye, which was the cataracts. So I had to have all the surgery done. And one of my biggest fears was I was going to lose my eyesight because I will always ask, like when you said, what's going to happen next? Is it still working? I would ask, okay, is there any improvement? And they would say, no. You know, it, it was just never any light, you know, or sunshine on the horizon. And I had probably eight or nine different specialists where I was driving pretty much all over the Chicagoland area, trying to find the right doctor who knew what uveitis was, but not only who knew what it was, but who knew how to treat it. So that is a fear. Like you said, it's a real fear. Like when you said, is it still working? In my case, it was a real fear that am I going to lose my eyesight? I mean, I even had moments where I thought about should, you know, X, Y, Z occur. This is what I'm going to need to do to prepare myself should I lose my eyesight so I can relate and understand exactly what you're talking about. I may not have experienced valley fever or the other part that you mentioned about the back, but these are real fears, real fears. When you have a chronic illness, that that is what life is like. Yeah. And the adjustments that, you know, that we have to make. Can you share some of that? Oh, wow. about daily living, I, I had to move anything and everything that was on a higher shelf down to down to lower shelves or to the counter because there's no way I can even reach it. I can't reach it because it hurts to yes. reach up that high. Uh, I no longer, if I go to the mall... That, that that's a foreign word to me now. <laughs> if mm-hmm. I even go to the mall, I, I literally have to figure out what I'm going to get, go get it, and and get out because there's so many people in the mall that I just don't know. True. Who may bump into me? Absolutely. Yes. And. Uh, that is that. That's that's a uh, something that people just don't have to think about. Right. You know, you know they don't I even think just, about it at all. They just move throughout their daily lives. You know. Yeah. Unaware. Yeah, and, and I I I actually have to think about. I have to plan my day around how much how much am I going to be walking today. Because it it hurts to walk. What it, is driving it, like for you, Daryl? Long distance driving. <laughs> I I I just don't do it anymore. I, I just don't. I, 
I can't. Yeah, I would be stopping every every hour to get out of the car and walk around. I, I just can't do it. And I'm sure even with the brace is difficult, you know, being on un- is uncomfortable because it, you have the seat belt over on top of the brace. Exactly. And and when I I remember when I first had my surgery, my my doctors wouldn't let me drive for about six months. And I didn't know why. I was like, Oh what what do you mean I can't drive? And until I sat in the car and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) I understand now. So fortunately now I I can drive even though I I have to be extra aware of what's going on around me because my reaction time may be slower. I'm not saying it is, but it may be. I I, I don't know. I I I haven't had to be in that situation yet. Um, and not just your reaction time. And sometimes it's not even you. It's the other driver. Because, you know, because when we drive, we have to drive for them, too. Especially if you have someone behind the wheel who's not paying attention, who's texting or, you know, whatever. <laughs> They're not focused. You know, all exactly. that comes into play. All of it. And uh, those are just adjustments that you make i mean because life is life yes life is is you know 90 90 percent what happens to you 10 percent how you deal with it that is so true let's talk a little bit about uh the treasures oh the treasures uh I would say in my in in my case, with with uh, now having to deal with you know literally one third of my back being metal and and dealing with that on a day to day basis, uh, I treasure. The ability to still be able to function. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so many people take that for granted. They do. Oh, yes, they do. You know, they take it for granted. They're reckless with their health. They don't even think that, hey, this could be you. Yep. I mean... I thought, oh, this can't be happening to me. I, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, <laughs> I was the one that, you know, worked out three days a week, and you know, at work I was okay. You need that. You need that move. <laughs> Let me move it. You know, we don't have time to. We don't have time to wait. Right. And to be taken from that to because. My neurologist told me that when I came to the emergency room, my left side was already starting to paralyze. Mm. So. 
Well, I believe in a higher power, and um, I'll tell you this. God has been good to you. He's, he's, he's still blessing you. And another thing that I wanted to share with you, Daryl, is, you know, no matter what you're going through, what I love about you is the lives that you touch and the lives that you still continue to touch. Well... And the reason why I say that, Daryl, is because in spite of the health adversities, there are things that you do. You bring a certain type of essence to it where you have the heart and the compassion towards people. And many people don't have that. And not just the heart and the patience, the love. I mean, you truly are about making a quality difference when it, in the lives of people. You give a lot. I mean, a lot. When I talk to you and I find the different things that you're doing or that you're part of, you do a lot and you give of yourself a lot. You really do. I mean, you've been a blessing. You've helped me out with many things, just like you helped out so many people. Um, this This book... Letters to me, life lessons I wish I knew. Can you tell us about that project? Uh, it's a project that um, I was approached to do by the uh, main author, Mary Haig. And uh, we met uh, about a, a little over a year ago. And... Uh, she didn't know anything about me. I didn't know much about her. She contacted me on Facebook. And uh, we got together, and uh, I told her my story, and she's like, okay. After she got done drying her tears, she says, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I'm going to help you. Awesome. And I'm like, okay. Um so we've been working together on, on different things, you know, personal growth and other things. And uh, she decided that she wanted to do, to write this book, which is going to be the first book in, which is the first book in a series of books. Uh, it's pretty much a, a compilation of different stories from from people advising their younger self as their self today. Okay, got it. Where can people um, obtain the book? It's on Amazon right now. Okay. It's on Amazon. Uh, it just got released last week. Uh, and uh, it's... Uh, it's a tearjerker. Uh, I can't read it. I can't read it because it, uh, it's it's a tearjerker, and it 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 just it brings back memories of of who I've been. Yes. And. My story is only one of 45 in the book. 
that do the same thing. Okay. So uh, the book is going to be primarily released in, in school systems so that young kids that are they're going through issues and concerns can realize that they're not by their stuff. True. And that's why it's called Life Lessons I Wish I Knew Letters to Me. Yes, yeah, very empowering, you know, uh, especially for kids that's going through a lot of things because even in the schools you have a lot of kids besides bullying whom also experience other types of life challenges, you know, whether it's uh, chronic illness, uh you know, um, disabilities, being developmentally delayed, a number of things. You know, they, they need that. Exactly. Even even just the, the pressure of, of trying to fit in. Absolutely. Oh, yes. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's strong. But, yes, uh, trying to fit in and not being accepted for who you are. You know, that's a lot. Uh yeah, and uh, that's pretty much where I, I come from because I don't, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, why do you do that? Why, why did you do that? Because like, I don't look at a person as, you know, black, white, pink, purple, or brown. Right, absolutely. People, and, and, you know, when you think about it, we all have things that we go through. That's true. That doesn't make anybody any better than anybody else. That's true. I I totally agree. Well, Daryl, we're just about out of time, um, and I would like you to tell people uh, where they can reach you, uh, especially if they're interested in learning more about whole food nutrition and learning how you can assist them. Uh, the easiest way to contact me is they can go to my website uh, and. And there's a link on there to contact me. Uh, and that website is uh, www.dhorton.juiceplus.com. Well, thank you, my friend, for joining me on the air today. I welcome you to return in the near future. I look forward to it. I, I I will appear anytime you want me to. Okay. Thank you so much, Daryl. Have a wonderful day. You too.